Hey folks, I'm Pastor Eric Tritton from Gloria Day Lutheran Church in Hudson, Ohio, and this is A Weekly Word. And I'm glad you're with me because we're going to talk about something you didn't learn in Sunday school about Mary. Uh, Mary Magdalene, I should probably be more clear. Um, Mary Magdalene should not be confused with Mary, the mother of Jesus, uh, Mary of Bethany, uh, who was the sister of Lazarus and Martha and who uh, anointed Jesus' feet before he was crucified, uh, or any other Mary that you might think of in the scriptures. Mary was a pretty common name. Uh, it's actually a derivative of the name Miriam. Uh, Miriam, if you know your Old Testament history, was Moses' sister. And so if you've got a little baby girl and you want to name her after uh, a, a hero of the Bible, uh, Miriam is a good name. Um, or a mo more modern version, Mary. Uh, this Mary is differentiated from the others by the region from which she comes. Uh, she was from a town called Magdala. Uh, Magdala was on the coast of the Sea of Galilee on the west side. And it's actually not far from Nazareth, where Jesus grew up and where his ministry began. We do know a few things about Mary. She is mentioned in all four of the Gospels. Um, Jesus healed her from an illness that was probably caused by uh, evil spirits. In Luke chapter 8, verse 2, it says that seven demons came out of her. And when I say demons, uh, I should probably explain just briefly that I'm talking about fallen angels. Uh, and perhaps that's something we can talk about another time. Uh, some have said that she was a prostitute. And that is kind of in the, the backstory of uh, like Jesus Christ Superstar uh, or one of the early episodes of The Chosen. Uh, but it's actually not stated in the text. We know that Jesus got into trouble with the Pharisees because he ate with uh, the Pharisees, the tax collectors, and prostitutes. Um, but it doesn't say that Mary specifically was one of these. Um, she may have been. She may not have been. The, the text is silent on that point. She was a woman of some means, however. She had some money. Um, and she, with some other women, uh, financially supported Jesus' ministry as he and the disciples went around um, proclaiming the, the coming of the kingdom. There are some who teach that there was a romantic relationship between Jesus and Mary. Uh, maybe you remember a, a movie and a book some years ago called The Da Vinci Code by Dan Brown. Um, that's in, in that story. Um, he did not come up with that idea. Uh, Bart Ehrman is a, a, a scholar, and he, he wrote a book called The Lost Scriptures, books that did not make it into the New Testament. And part of that the group of books that he's talking about are what we would call Gnostic pseudepigrapha. Um, Gnostic uh, it means from the Greek word to know, and it's this idea that there is a secret hidden knowledge that's out there that you have to get somehow. It is largely uh, rejecting the physical world, um, and, and you have to figure out all, all these secrets. Uh, and then pseudepigrapha, you, you hear pseuda, and you, maybe you hear pseudo as in false or lie. Um, and, and basically, this is a, a book that's been written under a false name. 
And, uh, and so there's what was called the Gospel of Mary. There's the Gospel of Philip. These two in specific talk about this romantic relationship. But they're written long after these people are dead, and, and they're, they're written by somebody who claims a false name. Another one is the Gospel of Thomas. Maybe you've heard of that. Uh, I, I can give you a little bit of a flavor of what these are like in the Gospel of Thomas. Um, in the Gospel of Thomas, it says that women cannot be saved. And one of the disciples asks Jesus, well, what about Mary, Mary Magdalene? And uh, Jesus says, you know, I'm going to turn her into a man. So, I mean, that's just kind of the weird stuff that you find in these books. And, and it's baloney. I mean, it's right there with the conspiracy theories uh, that we deal with today on a whole host of different topics. Something that is true about Mary and something that's very important about her is that she is one of the first witnesses of the resurrection. She is one of the first people to speak to Jesus after he rose. And she was sent to tell the disciples that Jesus was alive from the dead. And because she was sent with that good news, some have called her the first evangelist. And that does seem like a good and, and right title for her. She is the first person to go with this wonderful message that Christ has defeated death. That, sure, he, he died and he paid for our sins, um, but now he's alive. Uh, and, and so that is a powerful and important message. And because she serves this role of the first evangelist, um, this brings up another controversy about Mary. And, and it's this, that some people point to Mary Magdalene and this role as the first evangelist to say that uh, women should be ordained as pastors. Um, Nadia Weber Boltz is a, a Lutheran pastor who makes this quote or makes this claim and says, I, I don't need any other proof other than Mary Magdalene that women should be ordained. The problem with that is that we have other passages of Scripture that are more clear on the topic. And so uh, let, let me just kind of hit this a little bit. Uh, so the first thing that I often get asked when we talk about women's ordination is, you know, why not? And I'm going to be really frank about this. I don't know. I don't really completely understand this. I only know what God says in his word. You know, many of the explanations that are out there, um, they seem strange to me. I, I, all I know is this is what God has said in his word. And I know that some people, when I say this is what God has said in his word, they will say, no, that's what Paul has said, and he is a misogynist. Uh, well, no. Um, uh, when you read the rest of Paul's letters, uh, that really is, is not true. When you see his relationship with other women, he holds them in honor. They have important places in his ministry. Um, I, I, I find this actually just, just be a complaint uh, to make it easy to, to reject parts of the Bible that people don't want to hear. Um, the fact of the matter is all scripture is breathed out by God and it's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. We don't place ourselves over the scriptures. The scriptures stand over us and we seek to live in obedience to them. Um, and some will say, that's fine, but it's Paul. Well, Peter calls Paul's writings scripture in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 16. And so we want to treat these words with the appropriate respect and place ourselves under them. So 
beyond this, there, there's also an interpretive principle at work here. And this interpretive principle, when we come to the scriptures, we use clear passages to help us to understand passages that are less clear. So in the, the passages in 1 Timothy chapter 3, there are clear statements about men being pastors. Um, and we use those to interpretate, interpret less clear statements, like those we have in the narratives, um, which frankly can be argued both ways. So Mary Magdalene was sent with the first good news, but the narrative also tells us that Jesus only chose men to be his disciples. And since we're dealing with the whole idea of conspiracy theories left, right, and center here, I do know that there are people who say that it's because the men wrote the books of the Bible and they left out the women. And the problem again is there just, there just isn't any evidence for that. I'm sorry. So what do we do with Mary Magdalene? We thank God for her. Mary Magdalene was a woman of faith. She's a woman who experienced Jesus' grace and his mercy. And, and, and she was used to, to deliver this very important message, Christ is risen. And that is a message that God still uses women and men to deliver. Along with this, this full message of his forgiveness and grace through Christ's cross. To anyone who will hear it. You see, any Christian can share the gospel. Men, women, it doesn't matter. And so when we look at Mary Magdalene, I, I think that part of what we need to do is give thanks to God. Thanks be to God for women whom he has used to spread the gospel, to be evangelists. And I think of the, the many mothers, wives, teachers, neighbors, community leaders, ladies of all kinds of different backgrounds and ethnicities and, and whatever differences that you can think of who have pointed people to Christ. And I think that those women stand in the tradition of Mary Magdalene, people who have been blessed to be able to carry this good news. And this is the work that Christ calls all Christians to, to share the good news Christ has come, he has died to atone for sins, he has risen from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and he is coming again. So, I hope you picked something up in here that's encouraging or, or helpful to you. Um, I, if you disagree with me, uh, I get it, I understand. Um, I'm just telling you what the scriptures say. Uh, and, um, you know, I love you, God's blessings to everybody, and I hope that you will come again.